High FM, 101.9 megahertz of life. I'd like to introduce you to my guest this morning. He is Tiejo Totze, and he's joined us quite recently, but holds the title of Operations and Advocacy Manager at the Freedom Advocacy Network, which is a division of the IRR. And it is really about trying to communicate classical liberalism and freedom and concepts that relate thereto to younger people. Um, our audiences, or rather our members and our subscribers tend to be, shall we say, mature. So I thought I'd, I'd bring on Diego. He can tell you what he does, but I'd like to start, Diego, by saying, hey, welcome. Thank you very much for welcoming me here, um, Sarah. It's, it's such an honor to be on this show, to, to be with you in particular. You happen to be one of those people that I draw a whole lot of inspiration from, so it's, it's a great honor to be here. I hope my audience heard that very, very clearly, and I hope I'm an inspiration to them too, although I do tend to come to them with mostly bad news, because um, sure. we discussed largely South African politics. Tiago, take us through some of the, your background, where you grew up, um, your childhood, the influences on you growing up. Well, I was born and raised in a township located about 50 kilometers outside Polokwane called Luwahomu. And of course, historically, the, 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 the township has some significance. It's where the, the Bantu parliament was, the Lubua site. So yeah, I grew up in that site. Of course, in Luwahomu, you have a lot of political people in the area, right? That's where the parliament was. So I grew up around a lot of politically active people, people People like your William Adishas, who at the time when I was growing up in primary school was, I think, the president of Kosatu. And so people such as him, people such as my own father, who is active in labor politics, he happens to be the provincial chairperson of the PSA in Limpopo. I grew up in that area around such people and my politics for the most part have been influenced by the people in this area. However, when well, a lot of people in the Wahomu are classical liberals, I would argue, right? And I then moved to university, got to university, Rhodes University, I went there in 2015, and became active in movements such as your Fismas Falls, Black Student Movement, and movements of that nature that further influenced my, 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 my politics until I read Thomas Sowell's uh, Basic Economics, started reading The Daily Friend and stuff. But, but I guess we'll get back to this. But basically, I grew up in the Wahomu Limpopo, surrounded by a lot of politically minded people and yeah that's that's how the story goes it's interesting that you talk about your father and uh, William Adisha because I remember William Adisha because back in the day as I say I was a labor lawyer people like him were were very much mm. part of the scene and and a different Kasatu a different a different era altogether and your mom mother's fearsome people my mom is every, my mom is my best friend my mom is my best friend she's not so much into politics she works at the department of water affairs she's a water technician and as far as politics are concerned she doesn't have much influence but in terms of religion in terms of how i conduct myself how i carry myself a, a, a lot of who i am i i, I draw from who she is her mothers have generally tend to have that sort of rounding effect. We work to make our children polite and yeah. decent and well-behaved. Yeah. So good for her. What did you study at Rhodes? 
I studied towards a Bachelor of Social Science in Economics and Sociology. I, however, still owe a module there. I, I had to go and train to become a traditional healer first. It's something that had been bothering me. So now I'm, I'm almost done with that process and I intend on completing that one module next semester. Sure. Out of curiosity, uh, in becoming a traditional healer, do you have to combine sort of that aspect of your life with a religious aspect or is it sort of the sole belief system in your house? Not the sole belief system. I think there's around three belief systems in our house. But yeah, I try to find a way of balancing being a traditional healer and being a Christian because I grew up as a Christian. So I'm trying to find that balance, although it's a, it's a very hard balance to, to strike. But yeah, it's what I'm working on. I'm, I'm working on finding that balance. But I think the more I try to find that balance at the religious level, the more I realize that I I I, I am more and more walking away from, 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 from religion and walking straight into spirituality as a whole and, 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 and yeah, being welcome to everything, every religion and everything, anything that works for me. That works for me, sorry, from any religion, be it the Christian religion, the, 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 the African religion or any other religion, really. Yeah, I'm trying to just find what works in every religion, what aligns with me as a person and yeah, move forward with that. Can I go back to you studying what I call the trifecta of economics, uh social science and sociology. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a hotbed of radicalism, those uh, three subjects. What drew you to the Business Fall and the similar allied movements? I was influenced by many people. Eh? I was influenced by many people. As, as a young teenager, I had a mentor. His name is Kokoto Marishani. He used to be my mentor. And he would invite me to a lot of talks, right? Uh, I remember 2011, 2012, 2013, for example, whilst I was still in, in high school, he invited me to the annual Eskiam Patele lecture. So I, 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 I attended those lectures. And obviously, as a young person having a mentor who's a socialist and attending these talks with all these intellectuals i mean you had your politicians you had your academics you had everyone who who, who, who really is respected to an extent in society attending these talks and automatically i found myself becoming that myself starting to subscribe to socialism because there were these people who had been influencing me along the way um, people like Malaikawa Azania, uh, it's, it's, an, it's someone that you might know, she's an author, and I think she was the city of Ekurilene in the mayor's office. She's a close friend and a sister to me, really. So such people had an influence on, on, on my politics and stuff, how I view life and everything, and that's, that's how I ended up studying these courses, because of... This influence, yeah. Okay, quite a number of the younger people I've spoken to on, on this program have found that the the great economist Thomas Sowell is the person who flipped. When did you come across Thomas Sowell and how? I came across Thomas Sowell, it must have been in 2016. And I think the first time I came across him, um, I think I was scrolling through Gwen and Gwenya's 
Twitter or Facebook account and someone quoted Thomas Sowell or something. Then I went on to Google him then, found out about him. But I think it's from 2017 when 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 I, I, I joined, I first joined the DA. Well, I joined the DA for the second time. I had been a member before when I was still in high school and after the influence and everything moved from the DA then back to the DA. When I got back into politics and got back into the DA, People like Yombule Longuta, who's, who's, who's a good friend of mine I was with in Gramstown, is, is, is an avid reader. He, inf- he, he, he used to, 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 to recommend that I do read Thomas Sowell, together with people like your Kevin Milehams, who's a member of parliament and staff um, on behalf of the DA. So such people on top of me coming across his work on Gwen Nguyen's timeline. That's when I started taking him seriously because people that I took seriously were taking him seriously. And yeah, I had no choice but to take him seriously and read his work. He's fascinating to watch and listen to. And uh, his, his ideas and his experience are so, so clear. I think he's about 91 or 92 at the stage, but he's so sharp. And fascinating yeah. man. When you came across him, were you still studying or had you got through university by that stage? I was still studying at the time. It it, it it must have been my... I was still studying, yeah. I remember, and at that point, after reading his book, I decided to take economics. So initially, I wasn't doing economics. I have the other courses, and only after reading his work I, I, I did I realize how important a course economics is and I took up economics at that point. So yeah, I was still studying, but not towards economics. That was influenced by him. So you talk about uh, sort of coming back to the DA. Uh, what was the capacity? How? What made you come back? What did you do? Listening to my father, listening to Thomas Sowell. You know, I was active, like I mentioned at the start of the interview, I was active in your left-wing movements back in varsity, right? And my father was totally against uh, 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 the kind of politics I believed in at the time. So my father happens to work, he happens to be a manager at the Department of Treasury here in Limpopo, in the budget section in particular. So he's, 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 he's quite aware of, 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 of how finances of the country are looking, how finances of provinces are looking, given that it's something he works with on a daily basis. So during our fees must fall days, when we were calling for fees to fall, he would sit me down and, and, and ask me, show me the budget and ask me where, where is the money going to come from? And we used to have these debates up, up up, and down, up and down until eventually he won the battle because, I mean, he had the logical argument and my argument, my own argument was filled with emotions and little logic to them, really. Did you return to the DA? And because um, I, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, you're from uh, Limpopo? Sorry, I yes. suddenly got my, my geography mixed up. And you stood for a position in the municipality where you had been at varsity, I guess. Take us through sort of that process of how you got there. Well, I rejoined the DA back in 2017. I think let me start at that point. In 2017. And this was after I had done a bit of reflecting, right? Not just a bit of reflecting, a whole lot of reflecting. Contrasting what my father would say, contrasting what Thomas Sowell was saying in his work with what we were saying on the ground in your Fismas Falls, in your Black Student Movements, in your Roots Must Falls and stuff of that nature. Having contrasted that, I arrived at the conclusion that actually the only political system that could work is is, is, is a classical liberal 
political um, system, right? And at that point, that's when I went and rejoined the DA. But there were other things as well, right? Within, and I think it's 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 it's, it's stuff that are not well spoken about when 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 we do analyze your movements, like your Fismas Falls and your, your your Black Student movements. Within the movements themselves, there were fights. So within the movements. As a movement, we were fighting uh, capitalism, we were fighting white people. Go back inside the movement, internally we would have our own fight. Females within the within the movement would say, hey, no, 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 you as a black man are more privileged than me. Mm. Therefore, even within the movement, you can't speak before me. Therefore, even the movement, you can't do one, two, three, four, five. Then at times, sometimes in the movement, I'd try making a contribution and I'd be shut down because I come from a middle class family. The poor should be the ones to speak. Those are the voices that matter. So even within this, this so-called black movement, there, 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 there were those internal fights and battles of saying, hey, who comes first, who doesn't, who, 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 what not. But then I joined the DA and became DASO chairperson at, at Rhodes University in 2017, the very year that I joined the organization, I got elected as a chairperson. I served for two years. It was, my term was meant to only last for a year, but given everything that was happening in the party around 2018, we couldn't have elections and I had to stay for two years. Then in 2019, no, 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 2020, I received a call from Kevin Melham um, asking if I could consider um, contesting to become a councillor in Ward 12 in this past local government elections. And I raised my hand and went for it. But I went for it knowing very well because I had been gone from the place for two years. I went for it knowing very well that chances are that we might not do so well because our ward was a university ward and obviously every year the cohort of students who come in changes so i was aware of that but i still thought no 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 let's 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 give it a chance it's it's it's, it's a chance for us to try and fight for the soul of south africa to try and fight for 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 this country of ours and so yeah i gave it a shot and we got back didn't win elections but we, 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 we continue to be inspired and we continue to carry that fire that wants to fix the country. I remember you initially as you did a, an internship at the uh, Institute of Racial Relations. What brought you back to working for, for the Institute? I love the Institute. I absolutely <laughs> love the Institute. I think that's, that's, that's the first thing I must say. And so when, you know, even before contesting, I actually wanted to, 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 to return to the Institute. And the only reason why I left the Institute as an intern was because COVID-19 broke. Everything became quite messy. I was staying in Joburg, paying rent in there. It didn't make sense for me to continue paying rent there, whereas I was an intern not getting paid at the time, right? So I had to come back home and me coming back home meant that, yeah, communication between me and the person I was reporting to at the IRR was not that strong anymore and stuff. And so I had to leave. But honestly, I left with with, 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 with a heavy heart. I wanted to stay and, 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 and learn as much as possible, but more than anything, contribute towards fixing this country. Uh, with the IRR. Now, the IRR is an institute I've always respected. I've always respected the IRR for the work it did during apartheid, the work it continues to do uh, post-apartheid. 
But more than anything, the IRR actually funded my father's education oh, okay. back in yeah back in the 70s, 80s. So more than anything, I I I wanted to give back to this organization that has basically built this for 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 us. My 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 father came from an absolutely poor family. Chances of him getting out of that poverty and uh, getting to where he is today were quite slim. So the IRR afforded him that opportunity. And much as I wanted to work here, there was a sort of obligation. It's a personal one, of course. No one is holding me to it. But there was that tiny obligation to say that, no, no, I must give back to this organization as much as possible. We've got about a minute left in this interview. Um, just can you tell us what sort of work you do for FAN, for the Freedom Advocacy Network? What's your goal is? So I am the operations and advocacy manager. Basically, my job entails ensuring that operations run smoothly, as well ensuring that we are... In everything that we do, we are always in line with what we stand for as an organization. So we are a classical liberal organization Our to always ensure that everything we do is in line with principles and values of, of the classical liberal school of thought. And everything that we do is to advance this 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 ideology, given that it's, it's, it's really the only ideology that can save us as a country. I have to agree with you. I think that uh, classical liberalism at the end of the day is really about freedom and tolerance. Um, I am very pleased to see that uh, there are guys under the age of 55 who are moving, <laughs> who are moving to, to this idea and to these ideas. And, and uh, I wish you the best of luck with, um, with FAN and I, I will get you on again sometime in the future. Thank you very much, Sarah. I'll, I'll do much better the next time.